It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Washington Commanders are undefeated. No more following a 37-3 loss to the Buffalo Bills. We're going to talk about all of it right off the top, get into some details, and try to find some silver linings coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. You are Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. And don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And I appreciate you joining me here for this group therapy episode. Of course, if you want to text me afterwards or during games, during practices, you can become a Locked On Commanders insider. I want to join subtext.com slash locked on commanders and there you can get messages from me you can text me directly from your phone you don't got to filter through anything search keywords if you have a direct line to me i'm your host david harrison on twitter at d harrison 82 credential member of the media covering the washington commanders for commandercountry.com part of sports illustrated fan nation coming live to you here from fedex field typically i've got the field behind me but the road crew still in the radio booth that i usually use so i'd improvise so i'm sitting out here in uh, in the open there there's people walking around me hopefully uh not too distracting not too loud but they're doing what they're doing i'm doing what i'm doing so we'll all coincide together of course you can find me on twitter d harrison 82 i'm here with you every monday through friday this is our monday episode and it is a group therapy monday episode brought to you by linkedin jobs who helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on nfl that's linkedin.com slash locked on nfl to post your job for free Terms and conditions apply on today's episode. Of course, we're going to talk about a day that was not a very good day for the Washington Commanders, for the players, for anybody hoping that they might go 3-0, and uh, and certainly for you Commanders fans. So uh, especially on episodes like this, like it's it's always great to talk Victory Monday with all of you guys and, and, and to celebrate the joys of victory, whether it's a comeback win uh, or whether it's a dominating win. But Days like today, especially, I appreciate you all for coming through, and we're going to try to have as constructive a conversation as we can. We're going to try to find some good in a day that, quite frankly, was filled with a whole lot of bad. But first, we're going to do my three off the top. So these are kind of my three first observations as the game was coming to a close, kind of the first three things that that came to my mind. And again, may not be the most important storylines coming out of this game, may not even be kind of the final thing that I have to say on any of these given topics. But the first three things that kind of came to my mind, first and foremost, the offensive line, still very much a work in progress here in Washington, uh, but it didn't make much of that progress on Sunday, right in week three. And we we talked about this during training camp, and and I went on a couple of other shows, did some radio hits, but I said it a lot on this show as well. So every day, as you'll remember, that we talked about how this offensive line was a work in progress, but during camp, during the preseason, they were making that progress. Then we get to week one, not the cleanest game in the world, 
certainly some things that need to be cleaned up. Sam Howell had some responsibility for some sacks, but so did the offensive line. Then we get to the Denver Broncos game, and they looked a little bit better, right? So you always want to see that forward progress, that forward momentum. Well, here against the the Buffalo Bills uh, in week three, I think certainly a lot of people are going to go through and say that everybody kind of took a step back, right? So when you talk about this team, whether you have, however many steps you want to count, maybe it's three steps forward, four steps forward. But today you definitely took one, maybe two steps back uh, that you have to kind of come back from now as you get ready to face Philadelphia the following week. So certainly that was kind of my very first thought is not just the offensive line, right? But obviously the offensive line stood out. Uh, what was it? Nine sacks total for the Buffalo Bills. And again, not all of those on the line, not all of those on Sam. Certainly a combination of the two, and you got to give the defense credit as well. Some really good pass rushes, some really good plays dialed up. But at the end of the day, you know those guys get paid to play football, but so do you. And you got to go out there and you got to earn your money, and you and and you got to do a better job of protecting. And I, I will tell you that to a man, nobody's happy in that locker room, right? Sam Cosby. I know some of you have already seen it on the sideline. Was very upset, very uh, you know pissed off for for lack of a better term in the locker room. He wasn't much happier. Uh, and what we saw him talking to some teammates, we saw him, and we've seen him be an emotional leader for this offensive line before. So as long as you have those emotional leaders who are invested, certainly you're going to have the ability uh, to 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 develop. It's just a matter of how long it takes to develop and whether or not this team can really afford to allow the amount of time they're going to need uh, to develop fully. So my second thing off the top, Sam Mel looks his age, right? This is a young quarterback. Uh, we can harp on the fifth-round draft pick thing. I don't really like harping on the fifth-round draft pick thing because I think a lot of scouting departments would tell you that they didn't have a fifth round grade on Sam Howell. I think what happened in that draft class is not just the, you know the quarterback class in whole was kind of slept on a little bit and and not a lot of excitement about that quarterback class compared to many others that have come out. But also a lot of the teams that needed quarterbacks here that year, including Washington. You remember the trade for Carson Wentz? I know you don't want to bring it up, but it did happen. Uh, a lot of teams that needed quarterbacks that year or were looking to kind of get a fresh start at quarterbacks. They went with a veteran option. They either traded for Carson Wentz or they traded for Russell Wilson, uh, the likes of that. So a lot of those teams who may have pulled the trigger on, say, a Desmond Ritter earlier than he was drafted and Sam Howell earlier than he was drafted didn't need to or didn't have to or didn't choose to because they had brought in veterans and they felt comfortable, at least for the time being, going the direction that they went. So, again, I don't put a lot of stock in Sam Howell, the fifth year, uh, fifth round pick quarterback, but I do put some stock in Sam Howell, first year starter, young quarterback, fourth career start uh, of his career and honestly the first start that he's gone up against a true playoff contender and I know I say that knowing that the first one came against the Dallas Cowboys but again we've kind of talked about this before the Dallas Cowboys a little bit in coast mode a little bit in not fully competitive mode in that week 18 game last season because their playoff seating was already secured didn't really matter if they won or lost they were going to the playoffs they were going to go to Tampa Bay uh, regardless of what happened in FedEx Field that weekend so this, to me, the first true competitive competition Sam Howell has entered into with a true playoff contender, uh, the Buffalo Bills. Not just a playoff contender, a championship contender. And I think that it showed. Uh, and Buffalo has been good for a really long time for a reason. But again, as long as Sam Howell takes the lessons, leaves the negativity behind eventually, maybe takes it with him just, just as a reminder of, I don't want to feel this again, but, but primarily take the lessons, which is something he talked about in his post-game press conference. So I'm confident that he's going to be able to do that. EB. Ron Rivera and his teammates, more importantly, are going to be able to help him uh, do that as well. So that's the second thing. Second thing off the top 
was Sam Howell just kind of looking his age today against the Buffalo Bills in a four-interception performance. Third thing off the top, Washington is not a team that can pass on opportunities uh, and live to tell the tale against playoff-caliber teams. We saw this team do this in week one. We saw them do it in week two where there were opportunities to score or opportunities to make a good play, and whether it was a bad pass, a dropped pass, a sack taken, a block missed, or a missed field goal, whatever the case may be. In the first two weeks, Washington was able to survive those things, was able to come back from those things, and was able to get wins. But that's the Arizona Cardinals, right? The Arizona Cardinals are expected to have the top, if not the top two, draft picks in the upcoming NFL draft. Although the Houston Texans certainly seem to think that they're going to have something to say about whether or not they have both the first picks uh, of the first round of the NFL draft. But then you have their own pick, which is expected to be a very high pick, if not the number one overall pick, a top five pick. So that is a little bit of a grain of salt. The Denver Broncos. I mean, if y'all haven't seen what happened on Sunday to the Denver Broncos, go check it out. As soon as you're done with this episode or if you're watching this on your computer, pull out your phone and Google what happened to the Denver Broncos today. and You'll see what I'm talking about. So. Again, talking about levels of levels of competition. We know this team has talent. We know this team's scheme has potential, and we know that the players know how to execute it. What we haven't seen yet and what Washington hasn't been able to do yet is put together a full game of cleanly executing those things, flexing that talent and ability, and doing it against an opponent that will make you pay if you don't do that. This was the first opportunity to do it. It's a measuring stick game, and it turns out Washington doesn't measure up right now. It doesn't mean the end of the world. Doesn't mean they're not going to make the playoffs. Doesn't mean they're going to be picking, you know, number two overall in the NFL draft, but it means that they weren't quite there yet. And now what's going to be important is how they grow and how they come back from this. Just like Ron Rivera said, just like Sam Howell said, just like we're going to hear pretty much all week long. I think, you know, Monday we've got a press conference with Ron Rivera, three o'clock in Ashburn. We're going to hear much of the same. So moving off, that's right off the top of my head. But let's take an unfortunate deeper dive into some of the numbers, some of the statistics coming from the Washington Commanders' first loss of the season. That's coming up next on this live episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And this live episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And that's why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks again, everybody, for making Locked On Commanders your first listen or view today and every day. And again, every day, thanks for coming through for this. I call them group therapy. That's why I call it when we lose. I call it group therapy. Uh, Victory Mondays when they when the Commanders win. And when we're talking about a loss, it's it's a little bit of group therapy time. Uh, if you're in the live chat, I see you chatting. I see you talking. I appreciate you. Please make sure you continue talking amongst each other. Uh, drop your thoughts. Drop your comments. Agree, disagree. Again, I'll always say as well, dis- or agreeing with me is not a prerequisite to watch the show and interact with the show. Uh, so by all means, leave your thoughts uh, in, in the live chat. I can't read them live, but I will go back through 
uh, on another at another time and read those comments. So here in the second segment, we're going to do a little bit of a stat dive, right? And this is an initial dive in. We'll go through some other metrics and some other analytics later on in the week. We'll hear from Ron Rivera again tomorrow. So we'll do our uh, ranting about Ron uh, segment in our AAR episode that will be dropping on Tuesday. But let's jump into some stats and let's kind of get on the let's get into the shallow end of the pool here real quick. And let's start with the, the number one stat line that everybody's going to be talking about. And that is, of course, quarterback Sam Howell. Sam Howell. 19 for 29 on the day in week three against the Buffalo Bills, 66% completion rate, 170 yards and four interceptions. And, you know, the, these are the these are the rough days it, it comes to do the Howell watch, right? We did had a lot of fun with the Howell watch in training camp, had a lot of fun with our Howell watch in the first two weeks following comeback wins. Unfortunately, here, not going to be as fun. First drive of the game, Sam goes three for four, 36 yards, ends up throwing an interception. Uh, at the end of that one, and that was really kind of the first time, you know, the Washington Commanders are in scoring position, have the opportunity to put some points on the board after the Buffalo Bills put some points on the board and really kind of start exchanging some blows with the Buffalo Bills in this game. Unfortunately, just not able to do it with that first interception of the game. Uh, second drive, not much better, a three and out for Sam Howell on the Washington offense, 0 for 1 for Sam Howell. So uh, immediately giving the ball back to the Buffalo Bills who were able to do some damage uh, with it as well, coming off of that three and out and a short punt followed by uh, a penalty and then an immediate one play uh, touchdown drive. Second week in a row, the Washington Bears defense has given up a one play touchdown drive. Third drive of the game for Sam, three for five, 51 yards. So again, better. They get down to the goal line. They get down to goal to go, but they end up going for it on fourth down, turn over the ball on downs. I'll talk about that here in just a little bit more, that, that, that decision. Uh, here in just a little bit. Fourth drive of the game, two for three, nine yards. Again, ends in an interception. Sam's second interception of the half, second interception of the day. And then the fifth drive of the game uh, was actually the end of half game. So one run play, they let the clock run out. No uh, passes there. Sixth drive, Sam comes out of the locker room going three for five, throws 17 yards, but ends up throwing another interception, his third of the day, uh, to end what was a somewhat promising drive to begin with. The next two drives, Sam Howell throws for a combined negative three yards. He completes two passes on two attempts, Negative three yards, one drive ends in a punt, another one ends in a fumble. Antonio Gibson fumble uh, kind of returning there. And, of course, that's something we'll talk about throughout the week. Uh, ninth ninth drive of the game, one for three. Sam Howell throws for five yards and then eventually throws a pick six on third down. Tenth drive of the game, one for one, ends in a punt. Last drive of the game, four for five, 51 yards, ends in a field goal. So, you know, the bottom line is there you look at those numbers and you see an offense, you see a quarterback that is capable of moving the ball, right? He's capable of doing things. His offense is capable of doing things, but they, too many times they shoot themselves in the foot. And again, this week you did it against an opponent that you just cannot afford to hurt yourself. They're going to hurt you enough as it is. You can't come out there uh, and hurt yourself. So that was the drive-by-drive. Drive. The bottom line is four drives here uh, in this game. Sam Howell threw for zero or negative yards. Four out of 11 drives. That's never going to be a good thing. The first three drives of the second half threw for a total of 14 yards. Again, 17 on that first drive and then negative yards in each of the next two leading to 14 yards total. Seven of 11 drives ended negatively, either interceptions, three and outs, or fumbles. You only had four drives that didn't end with a completely negative outcome. Two of them were punts, which Sure, that's a negative, but at least it's a negative that's kind of a run-of-the-mill run the negative. Uh, one end of half and then one field goal. So the only real positive drive you had was the field goal, and, of course, that was at the very end of the game just to break the shutout. Uh, the three and out resulted in a punt. Again, that punt was returned to the Washington 45. There was a penalty on Washington tacked onto that that took the ball from the Washington 45 to the Commanders 35, and then Josh Allen found uh, Gabe Davis for an immediate 35-yard touchdown strike, and that just completely, to me, 
that was probably the point of this game where the, the Washington Commanders probably lost control uh, of what was going to happen next. The next drive resulted in a turnover on downs after three for five, 51 yards, two explosive plays on that drive, a run of 18 yards for Sam Howell, a pass from Sam Howell to Curtis Samuel for 37 yards. And to me, I don't agree with that play. Now, my insiders will know this because I text my insiders during the game, and I text them on this one. I didn't agree with that fourth down call. I also didn't agree with the fourth and goal call against the Denver Broncos. Now, that one ended up being a touchdown, which is great, and, I, and I'm glad it worked out, but it doesn't change the fact that I personally did not agree with it then, did not agree with it today. Uh, in that situation, you know, you've had, a, you've had some turnovers. You've had some hard times getting the ball down the field, and the defense has given up some points. A field goal makes it 10-3 to with a positive drive under your belt you get to take some positivity you get to take a long drive you get to take it to the sideline learn from it you know enjoy it digest it a little bit build on it the defense to see okay our offense can move the ball our offense put some points on the field and they come out instead you turn what could have been a positive drive two explosive plays by your quarterback you turn that into a negative with a turnover on downs the defense now comes on the field in a negative state you're still down two scores you're still down 10 nothing and they end up giving up a 15-play drive that went 87 yards, ran 9 minutes and 47 seconds off the clock. Now, it doesn't mean that even if you kick the field goal and make it, that the Buffalo Bills don't then come right back and execute a long drive anyway for some points of their own. Sure, certainly, you know nothing is guaranteed in this game. But when you put your team on the field, when you take your offense off the field in a negative fashion, put the defense on the field in a negative fashion, I just feel like you increase the opportunity for an opponent or an opponent to do that. And again, going for it so early on fourth down, in my mind, essentially tells the other side of the competition, we don't think we can hang with you without throwing some haymakers, and I just don't like that approach, and I personally have just never liked uh, that approach. So that's stat number one, the Howell line, the Howell watch uh, for this week three loss, again, 37-3 to the Buffalo Bills. Stat number two, defensive collapse. A lot of people are talking about this defensive collapse today that the defense disappointed, and surely I will tell you the defensive players in the locker room will agree with you. However, me personally, I'm going to give them a little bit of a grain of salt. They gave up 16 points in the first half, which isn't amazing, but when you're talking about a Super Bowl contending offense in the Buffalo Bills, the weather got better enough that they could utilize all their weapons. Uh, Washington's offense, if they execute better, then it's a much closer game, like we kind of all expected, a closer game uh, in this one, but one that the commanders are in, and that part to me is very important. So don't forget that the pressure that scoring puts on the other side of the field. So if you're the Washington Commanders offense and you're putting up points going blow for blow with the Buffalo Bills, it puts pressure on them to keep up and not only keep up, but again, remember, this is still a team, the Washington Commanders, that not a lot of people have a lot of love for. They're celebrating the 2-0. They're doing all of those things, but this is still not a team that people expect as a true contender in the NFC East or for a playoff spot, all those things. So if you're the Buffalo Bills, you already lost to Zach Wilson, New York Jets. If you're going blow for blow with the Washington Commanders and Sam Howell, that starts to put a little bit more pressure on you because you've got a lot more to lose in this competition because the offense isn't doing that. The Buffalo Bills side of things is getting more comfortable, and they're coming out and tiring out this defense. Remember that eight-plus-minute drive we talked about at the end of the first half? They had a seven-minute time of possession advantage. That eight-minute drive that began on a turnover on downs is, is really the kind of the biggest part of that. And then you come out in the second half, you've already been on the field for half a quarter longer than your opponent, but now you attack on another two minutes time possession in favor of the Buffalo Bills. Washington Commanders defense on the field far too long. We talked about this a lot during the Fitzpatrick, Alex Smith, uh, Taylor Heineke, Carson Wentz eras. No matter how good your defense is, if they're on the field for a super long time, they're going to break. Eventually, every dam is going to break in the National Football League. And the better the offense is on the other side of the field, the less time you have till that dam breaks. And I just think the Washington Commanders defense in the beginning, look, they weren't perfect by any means, right? But in the beginning, 10 points, 13 points, 16 points, you're giving your offense opportunities to get back in this game. 
and eventually it and basically took till the fourth quarter, and that's when you really saw the fatigue set in, and you really saw the Buffalo Bills just just put the, their foot on the neck of the Washington Commanders uh, and take over. Stat number three, our final one, first down success rates. This is what's really surprised about this game. The Washington Commanders actually had success on 16 of their 23 first down plays. That's that's and by the way, so successful plays on first down. If you ever hear the term successful first down play, what it means is that it gained at least 40% of the yards needed for a new set of downs or a touchdown if you're in goal to go. And then on second down, you're talking about 60%, third down obviously, you want 100%. So 16 of 23 first down plays by the Washington Commanders were actually successful, which means your second down, you're looking at second and six or less on almost on on 70% of your second down plays. But on your second down plays, seven of them led to negative yards or no gains on second down, or one of them was an interception. Then on third down, seven of their nine third down attempts were from third and five or longer. About three or four of those were actually from third and 10 or longer. So again, first down, very successful, but second and third downs against Buffalo Bills defense, whatever it is, they counter the Washington Commanders offenses. And again, we'll have to watch tape. They'll have to watch tape to really pinpoint that. But whatever it was, there was a good amount of success on first down, almost no success on second and third down. So got first down success rate, that's good, right? So not everything is bad. It never really is. But what good can we really take out of this game? I'm going to be honest with you guys. And we're going to look, we're going to hunt the good stuff. All my military people are going to know what I'm talking about there. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're going to do this thanks to our friends over at DoorDash. If you're missing the syrup for your pancakes or you just ran out of your favorite coffee creamer, DoorDash grocery delivery, you can get what you want right when you need it. With DoorDash Grocery Delivery, you can stock up for the week or order last-minute cravings conveniently. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get groceries delivered that actually delivers, too. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You'll get exactly what you ordered, or they'll make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them yourself. If you want even more value, you can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. I have a Dash Pass membership. I use it every time I travel. I even use it at home. My kids absolutely love it, so I highly recommend it. Uh, if you're the per- kind of person like I am and my family is that's going to use DoorDash for this kind of uh, service. With easy substitutions right in the app and best-in-class customer support, DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value. When you use the promo code Locked On NFL at checkout, limited time offer. Terms apply. That's 50% off, up to $20. No minimum subtotal and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the promo code Locked On NFL. Don't forget that's code Locked On NFL for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Ron Rivera and Sam Howell talked a lot about resilience, and Eric Bieniemy has talked about a lot about resilience with this team, uh, and I think that's a very good way uh, to go. We've got some some spam in the live chat. I see. Let me let me get rid of that for you for all of you. Sorry about that. Um, so, a little bit of a history here, right? So, every dayers, you're going to know that that I used to be in the army because of something that on occasion I talk about, right? Well, in the army, one of my duties, I was a master resiliency trainer, so. The term resilience uh, or resiliency or resilient people kind of kind of sits with me, right? Well, one of the things that we teach resiliency training that all the soldiers absolutely love, no, they don't, um, is called hunting the good stuff. But you know what? It's important to hunt the good stuff because that's how you learn, right? And Sam Howell talked about his press conference. Some players will talk about, 
dumping, you know, pouring it down the drain, dumping, dumping a loss like this one, just saying, you know, this is this is too toxic, too much to even go through. Just toss it out the window and we'll reset for next week. And Sam said, you know, you don't do that. You don't pour them out the window or pour them down the drain. You don't throw them out the window. What you need to do is you need to learn from it. And the way that Sam Howe plans on learning from it is, again, going through the film, taking as many lessons he can. He mentioned being the hardest critic on himself than anybody else. So let's 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 look for some good stuff. Well, the first good thing I want to talk about is the fact that we hit 6,000 subscribers before this game. I told Locked On Commanders listeners and viewers on YouTube that we were about 200 subscribers away uh, from hitting the 6,000 subscriber mark, and I would really, really appreciate it if we could get to that 6,000 subscriber mark before we hit this game, and doggone it, we did it. In fact, we did it before the end of Thursday. By the time I, I sat down, I recorded our Friday episode, but then by the time I got, or my Thursday episode, by the time I got done laying that episode out, we had actually gone over 6,000. So in that episode, I even say, we're really close at the time of this recording. By the time that recording was done, y'all already put me over 6,000, put the show over 6,000. So I greatly appreciate all of you. So there's something that I wanted to hunt and wanted to acknowledge and give all of you appreciation for those subscribers out there for making this show great and for and for letting letting me do the job that I love to do, even uh, on bad days like this one. You know what I mean? Getting to sit out here at FedEx Field, talking to all of you good folks and, and hold a group therapy session. So that's a personal, that's a personal good thing that I'm taking away from this weekend. But here's another one for the Washington Commanders. It only counts as one loss, right? And I think that's really the important thing to remember. And Antonio Gibson kind of talked about it in the locker room with us. That's one game. It's one game. At the end of the day, it doesn't undo the two wins, right? You don't lose any of those. You don't automatically lose another one. And this isn't college football. So it doesn't matter if you're ranked 18th or, or second in power rankings. It doesn't matter if you're 32nd or first in the power rankings. At the end of the regular season, no matter where your power ranking sits, if you have the record to get into the playoffs, you're in the tournament. And as long as you're in the tournament, you got a chance of winning the Lombardi. We, we watched this Washington Commanders team the year the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. They almost got knocked out of the wild card round because of Taylor Heineke diving for pylons, right? So you guys know it better than even I do. The Washington Commanders already know it from recent experience. If you're in the tournament, you've got a chance to win the whole thing. So it doesn't matter where your power rankings are because their power rankings, they're going to fall. After this loss, the power rankings are going to fall. We all know that. But again, at the end of the day, the team is still two and one. You're going to see some teams that are one and two. You're going to see you might even see a team that's like oh and three, but they're like ah, they play really tough competition. Power ranked higher than the Washington Commanders, but guess what? If the playoffs, if the season was end today, the Washington Commanders would still have a better record than those teams ahead of them in power rankings. So again, rankings don't matter. So there's there's a little bit of a, of a, of a bright side, and I'm going to add to it. Sam Cosme was was upset. Nick Gates was also upset. We asked Nick if he would talk after the game, and he really kind of just asked us, hey. You know, not today, maybe, you know, maybe tomorrow, maybe Tuesday, later on uh, in the week. And we respect him for that because he's a good dude. And he always gives us respect in the locker room as well. So when he asks for a day to not have to talk, we give him a day to not have to talk. So that's point number one. Point number two, B-Rob looks legit, guys. I mean, if you haven't already gone and traded for him on your fantasy roster or put him on your daily fantasy rotation or whatever you're doing, Brian Robinson looks legit. Only got 10 carries today, but he got 70 yards on those things. The Buffalo Bills came with a 5.85 yards per carry average against them. Well, Brian Robinson single-handedly is going to up that bad boy, and every other team in the NFL should know you come in and you need to run against the Buffalo Bills. Now, unfortunately, things got a little bit out of hand, and Brian Robinson wasn't able to get as involved on the ground game as, as I would have preferred, you probably would have preferred, and even the team would have preferred. But 10 carries, 70 yards after what he did against the Denver Broncos, I think we can all say uh, in agreement that Brian Robinson – is a legitimate running back in the National Football League and someone that this team needs to build around and support as best as they can. Third thing that I'm going to throw out here is a silver lining. There's a winnable game coming up next weekend inside the division. How do I know that? They're another Super Bowl contender. This team just got their butts whooped by a Super Bowl contender. Well, guess what? 
this Super Bowl contender that we're going to go see next weekend in Philadelphia, then I'll be, and I'm going to take all this with me, so I'm going to bring you with me to Philly. We've already seen them beat those Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia, and I would say that the team they beat in Philadelphia last year was a better team, and I still say, even after 37-3, to I still say that this commander's team is better than that commander's team. They just got to take the lessons out of this loss, put them into action, develop over the week, Coming to Philadelphia, it's a new game. Do not bring the toxicity from this Buffalo Bills loss into Philadelphia next weekend. If they can do that, I still think they have the opportunity to get a win in Philly, and it's a huge win, an NFC East division win. Sam Howell mentioned that game is basically two games because you're not only getting a win for yourself, but you're giving your division opponent a loss, and I agree completely with him. So it's a very, very big game. And, of course, we're going to wrap up conversations about this game first, and then we'll continue Uh, and dive into and get ready for that Philadelphia Eagles game. This is my Monday episode. Coming up on Tuesday, we will have our AAR, what was supposed to happen, what we want to see sustained, and there are some things, what we want to see improved, and then we'll, we'll, we'll rant a little bit about what Ron had to say after the game and tomorrow on Monday during his press conference in Ashburn. In the meantime, if you've got questions or comments, just throw them down in the YouTube comments. Hit me on Twitter or text me by becoming a Locked On Commanders insider by going to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders. we got some new ones before this game. I appreciate all of you. I wish it was a better experience for all of us, but better days are ahead. of. So if you want to get in on that fun, again, joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders. In the meantime, Uh, or as always, rather, I appreciate you for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. Thank you so much for everybody coming through live for group therapy. Even if you come in after the fact, I greatly appreciate you on YouTube, in audio, whatever format you're doing. Thank you so much for making me a part of your day, part of your football routine. And until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.